Coming up on Nurse Talk. Being a landlord can be hazardous to your health, but also comical. 911 calls that will crack you up. Medicare Advantage money grab, another whistleblower comes forward with claims of fraud against insurance giant Humana. What is the Robinhood tax and why don't more people know about it? Our weekly quiz, Don't Wait, Tell Me Now. All this and more today on Nurse Talk. Welcome to Nurse Talk, I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason, and we're two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. Shane, I think it's time for a little laughter today, don't you? Yeah, is that my Every cue day. to tell a joke or a personal story or something? <laughs> no, I'm a little scared of that. <laughs> but do you have one? Well, I'm fresh out of jokes, but we did get something funny from our longtime listener, Lainey B. Is it health-related? Well, you might say it is. Lainey writes, Dear Shane and Casey, love your show and have been listening from the beginning. I know how you always say laughter is the best medicine, and I totally agree. I couldn't pass up the opportunity to share this with you and your listeners. So Lainey goes on to say, I'm a landlord and sometimes dealing with tenants can be frustrating, but I always do my best to accommodate their requests. What a nice landlord. Here's a call I received recently from a tenant who shall remain nameless. Hi, Lainey. How are you? The reason I'm calling is and thank you for uh, having the yard uh, mowed today. Maybe uh, there, there could be more little items that could be picked up uh, on the grass and, and stuff. But one thing that was picked up that I actually want back, if at all possible, is a tumbleweed. And I like it. And we were going to do a little bonfire on it at some point in a special way. And the tumbleweed is gone. It's a kind of a great big thing. It barely would fit into my back seat. And I understand it might be somewhat more broken up now because if someone really didn't care for it and just sort of jammed it somewhere. But if there are any parts of it, I really would like it back. Uh, could you ask the gardener to bring it back to me and sort of leave it in the part of the yard that it was in by the little fenced-in area where the mailboxes are? So, But, but outside the... But in the yard part, not inside where the mailboxes are. But I don't care where in the yard it would be. It was quite special, and I I shouldn't have labeled it, I guess. Anyway, thank you for your attention to that. And then I was hoping to hear back about the refrigerator temperatures and also the window being replaced. Okay, so I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. So a few days later, after Lainey tried to accommodate the request, the tenant left this message. Hi, Lainey. Thanks for getting back to me. Um, You know, even though it's not the same one and I did have, you know, an experience bringing the one home, I would accept a substitute. So uh, it would be appreciated if he could uh, bring one for me. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Oh, that is so funny. Lainey, thank you for sharing that very special request with us today on Nurse Talk. That is hysterical that she is that attached, she or he, can't tell from the voice, that attached to a tumbleweed. And like the gardener is supposed to know that the tumbleweed was not something to be taken out of the yard and broken up and thrown away, which I'm sure the gardener did. If you're going to be attached to a plant, a tumbleweed's the worst plant. That is by definition But can you see this person going and seeing this tumbleweed and jamming it into the back of their car and then and then they say they want to have a bonfire on it <laughs> what you're gonna light it on <laughs> so it's always good to share some laughter because not everything in the news is funny later in the show we'll talk with healthcare in america reporter donna smith about the disturbing news about insurance giant humana incorporated which operates some of the nation's largest private medicare health plans it seems humana knew for years of billing fraud at some south florida clinics 
but did little to curb the practice, even though it could harm patients. What a shock. A doctor alleges in a newly unsealed whistleblower lawsuit. Donna will talk about this later, and she'll also talk about the Robin Hood tax. We've talked about it for years on Nurse Talk, and in the past several years, there's been legislation introduced to pass this tax. What is it, and why don't more people know about it? I was more interested, Shane, in what you were talking about. You were saying earlier that you thought Trump oh, was going to come up with his own health insurance. Yeah, so like it's going to be like Obamacare, <laughs> but, but Trump's going to come up, and it's going to be that any woman in the United States can get free plastic surgery, and it's going to be oh, called Rump Care. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I love that. All this coming up on Healthcare in America with Nurse Talk reporter Donna Smith. And of course, we'll play Don't Wait, Tell Me Now, our Nurse Talk weekly quiz. Okay, we said we wanted to laugh and lighten things up a little bit today, but first let's take a look. Which of these do you think is an emergency? A Subway sandwich shop in Florida leaves the mayo and mustard off a customer's order. Okay, a Texas man can't get a cab. A Tennessee man's stepfather keeps nagging him to do the laundry. So to hear callers to 911 emergency lines tell it, all of these are emergencies. They're their own emergencies, but they're calling in. I know. So certainly we want to acknowledge the dedicated 911 emergency dispatchers as they do their life-saving work every day. But there are over 240 million calls made to 911 in the U.S. each year. Here are a few that by our standards are probably not emergencies. Let's listen. Elkgrove 911, what is your emergency? Uh. <laughs> How can I help you? Good. Is there... Is there a grown-up there I can talk to? No. Are you there by yourself? No. Who's there with you? I'm coming. I wanted to tell you something. Okay. What is your name? Lene. Oh, Lene. What do you want to tell me, Lene? <laughs> um, I want to tell you that uh, we went to Disney on Ice. You went to Disney on Ice? <laughs> yes. Okay, how old are you? How old are you, Lene? Four. And is your mommy or daddy there? Yeah. Can I talk to one of them? Um, no, they're busy. Well, I have to talk to them because I need to know more about Disney on Ice. Oh, <laughs> uh, they, they know about it. Well, I don't know about it, so I need to talk to them about it. Oh, you know what it is? Can check them out, okay? Okay, can I talk to your mommy or your daddy? No, they're busy. I know they're busy, <laughs> but I need to talk to one of them, please. You're in big trouble. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm busy, too. I'm going <laughs> to play them, so I just wanted to tell you something. But... Okay, well, bye-bye. Bye. Now, one emergency, this is Josh. Your call's recorded. Um, yeah, can I get an order of the pork fried rice? Oh, that okay. Do you, okay. you guys have crab rags in? This is the police department. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll also have an egg roll, too. Do you know how long it'll be? Ma'am, this is, not, this is the police. Okay. Do you know how long it'll be? What? This is the police department, ma'am. So... You can't tell me how long it'll be? Oh. Goodbye. Jack <laughs> Carmen, how can I help you? I'm over here at Burger King right here in San Clemente. Uh -huh. I'm at a drive-thru right now. Uh -huh. I ordered my food three times. 
They're mopping the floor inside, and I understand they're busy. They're not even busy. Okay, I've been the only car here. I asked them four different times to make me a Western barbecue burger. Okay, they keep giving me a hamburger with lettuce, tomato, and cheese, onions. And I said, I'm not leaving. Uh -huh. I want a Western burger because I just got my kids from Taekwondo. They're hungry. Uh -huh. Okay, she, said, she gave me another hamburger. It's wrong. I said mm. four times. I said, I want my hamburger right. So then the, the lady came to the manager. She came up and she said, do you want your money back? And I said, no, I want my hamburger. My kids are hungry and I have to jump on that toll freeway. I said, I am not leaving this spot. And I said, I will call the police because I want my Western burger done right. Now, is that so hard? Okay, what exactly is it you want us to do for you? I send the officer down here. I want, I want them to make me Bert. right. Oh. Ma'am, we're not going to go down there and enforce your Western bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do? This is, this is between you and the manager. This, we're not going to go and force how to make a hamburger. Well, that is, that, you're supposed to be here to protect me. Oh. Well, what are we protecting you from, a wrong cheeseburger? <laughs> no. Is, is this, this like, is this a harmful cheeseburger or something? I don't understand what you want us to do. Well, just come down here. I'm, I'm not leaving. No, ma'am, I'm not sending the deputies down there over a cheeseburger. That's just you get your money back from the manager and you go on your way home. Okay. Okay? Bye-bye. Unbelievable. Yeah. I call 911 probably twice a month at my clinic, and yes. they always do a fabulous job. They're great. Yes, That's got to be do. a really stressful job. And I call all the time, yep. too. And fortunately, when you do, when you're a medical personnel, you know, because I always say medical emergency straight up because it's like, where is it going to go? But I cannot imagine having to take that call. No. <laughs> all right. You're listening to Nurse Talk on Progressive Voices. Tune in and all of our broadcast partners. Don't go away. Coming up, Healthcare in America with Donna Smith. Hi, and welcome to the show. We've got a good show for you today. Uh, oh, wait a second. Uh, where's Maggie? Why isn't she in the studio? Casey, Casey, we're on the air. Where is she? You've, you've got to go find her. I've got to go find yes, her? Yes. In the middle of the show? Well, we'll do something. We'll play some music or something. Oh, you've got for to go crying find out her. loud. I'm the one who's going to go find her? Oh, Maggie, I'm going to break your little neck. Where the heck? Uh-huh. I hear something going on next door in the next studio. Yep. Irish party. That's got to be her. Oh, no. There's no stopping her. It's St. Patrick's Day. How could I forget? Maggie. Maggie. Oh, man. Maggie, Maggie, get down from there. Come do the show. Oh, Maggie, how much have you had to drink? Not much, Casey. It's St. Patrick's Day. We get drunk on St. Patrick's oh, Day. Oh, gosh. Not drunk. Yes. We got a show to do. It's only 2 o'clock, Casey. Relax. Oh, Relax. Get... Why do you always have to do this? I was just getting started. Oh, Maggie. Jesus, you're always a spoiling couple, you fun. better be careful or you're going to fall, I swear to God. Casey, you're a pain in my derriere. Oh, Maggie. Oh, Christ, Casey. <laughs> yeah. Casey, you made me do it. Oh, no. Now how am I going to get you up? You'll get me up. Oh, come on, Maggie. Here, let me help you up. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, good. You're okay. on your feet. Can you get back to the studio? Yeah, yeah. Where's the... Open the door. Yeah, well, we're outside of the door already, so open you still can't even see. It's open already. Oh, let's, let's get walk to the in. studio. Let's walk in. Just follow me. You're listening to Nurse Talk, where laughter's the best medicine. 
Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs, along with Shane Mason. We're the two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. We spoke earlier about insurance giant Humana Incorporated, which operates some of the nation's largest private Medicare health plans, knowing for years of billing fraud at some South Florida clinics. Humana did little to curb the practice, even though it could harm patients, a doctor alleges, in a newly unsealed whistleblower lawsuit. The suit was filed by South Florida physician Mario M. Baez. It accuses Humana and his former business partner, Dr. Isaac K. Thompson, of engaging in a lucrative billing fraud scheme that lasted years. Well, Shane, that can only mean one thing. It's time for Healthcare in America with Donna Smith. Donna, great to have you with us today. Thank you so much. I always feel like I'm a little bit Star Trekish when I hear that. <laughs> it does sound a little Star Trekish. <laughs> so, can you give us an overview of this lawsuit? It was filed back in 2012. Sure, of course. I mean, the, the fraud that's going on is is a practice called upcoding, for the most part, where uh, uh, you know the coding for a medical condition and a patient being treated is made uh, more severe, so that Humana and will get so that the the provider will get a higher reimbursement, but Humana also, as a consequence of that, in their Advantage plans, is given a little bit of extra money by the government, by you and me, to manage patients who have those upcoded kinds of conditions. But as you can tell by that, you don't want your medical condition overstated or improperly stated so that in the future, if somebody's looking at your records, it looks like you had a condition that was more severe or different than what you actually had going on. It's like but, when the waiter sells you curly fries but brings you regular fries. Is that a good yes, exactly. analogy? I'm Very just... similar. I mean, I think many of us would feel like it's, you know, it's enough to have whatever it is that we do have. Let's not puff. But unfortunately, the, the problem is that, it, as always, and we talk about this so much on Nurse Talk, you've got to follow the money with these insurance companies. You know, their first and foremost uh, goal is not to make us all healthier. It's to make their bottom line healthier. So this is what's been happening, and fortunately, there are enough people out there who have, have seen it as wrong that they want to whistleblow on it and say, no, this can't be happening. It's not right. Well, what I don't understand, so when a doctor does a surgery and they do their coding and they pass it on, once they pass it on to Humana, that's where the code is changed? No, the code is most often changed at the provider level, so the fraud is usually occurring at the provider level, not at Humana's level. But that's not to say that it doesn't happen in in Humana's offices and so forth. But it's happening at the provider level, and then as a kind, but it's certainly encouraged because the amount of reimbursement that provider will get will also be higher for that upcoded service. So the incentive, obviously, to the provider is, well, you know, let's say that, you know, Donna has mild borderline hypertension, which is true. I do have mild borderline hypertension. But to upcode that to something, you know, essential primary hypertension and make it something more serious will mean that I, as a provider, will get some more money but to manage the process for me. But so, too, will Humana from the government, because I will go into a different risk category that Humana gets a little bit of a bump from the government for monitoring those risk categories. I see. So it's not and so it's not in Humana's best interest then to look at the codes and try to make sure that they're correct because they also get more money. But then all the providers are equally egregious for doing it. So who is the whistleblower in this case? In this case, it's one of the physicians, you know, one of the people who found it wrong, you know, found it, who found it in the patient's, but not in the patient's best interest 
to have this kind of misinformation recorded in our charts and in the records that are going to follow you electronically, whether you stay with Humana or that provider or move on to someone else, those codes, as we know, they follow us as a part of our medical record. And if someone were to look at that and say, well, you know, Donna's been treated for the last 10 years for essential primary hypertension, and that puts her in a different category that we're, our practice is going to want to have or not want to have, or it may create a different dichotomy in terms of what kinds of treatments are offered to you as a patient. It just is, you know, mine is just a small example of the kind of damage that could be done to your own medical record by this kind of upcoding. Well, and also it seems like that could change treatment decisions downstream from that based on what you're seeing in the chart. Which would be damaging to the patient because if they think you have a more serious condition than you actually do, they're treating you for that. Exactly. Boy, that's dangerous. So it's just wrong, you know, and it doesn't see it seems to me like every time we look at we think we've found a way that the insurance industry or that uh, providers who are less than honest are going to game the system, we see another way that they've gamed the system. And, and people often will rush and say, well, it's the fault of the government for not, for not having tighter. That's not true. It's not the government's fault. It's not the fault of, of those of us who are trying to work for a Medicare for All for life system. The fault is those people who are abusing and committing fraud at the level of the provider or at the level of the insurance industry. And once again, Donna, if we had a single-payer system, there would be a lot less of this because it would be a one, you know, there wouldn't be a reason to to try to gain the system to get more cash. You wouldn't be able to do it. Absolutely. And it would be so much more easily identified. And this is what often happens with some of these folks. They just get too greedy. They start submitting too many claims that are just out of range for what the normal provider would be submitting. So all of a sudden you're seeing patients that all of them have essential primary hypertension and none of them seem to have this borderline less severe problem. And they can compare that in a Medicare for All type system where, the, where we do get to see what's happening on a, a bigger, more global level. We can identify more quickly those situations where somebody is, is doing that kind of fraudulent activity. And so is this just happening with Medicare Advantage plans or can this happen throughout the system? It can happen throughout the system. It certainly can be. But Medicare Advantage is in a unique spot because it, it's got this incentive for the, the insurer to get this extra pool of funds from the federal government when, they, when they're creating a, a risk score that's higher for the group of people that are in their Advantage plan. So they'll look at that Advantage plan in Florida and go, hey, wow, you know, Humana's really handling a lot of people who have some serious problems, so they're going to get, you know, $100,000 per quarter extra money for, for this kind of treatment of that group of people in that risk score category. So it happens more frequently with Medicare Advantage because there's this incentive. It certainly happens in other areas where providers who are being less than honest are upcoding into into different areas of we've seen it in Texas we had some really egregious examples of people being even treated on the basis of having an upcoded condition that they really didn't have. I mean it's terrible stuff. That's what's dangerous. Okay, now let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the Robin Hood tax, also known as Senator Bernie Sanders' legislation in the Senate, the College for All Act and the Robin Hood tax. Tell us about that. Oh, we love to talk about the Robin Hood tax. You know, so many people will 
will say we can't afford to do Medicare for all, we can't do single payer, we can't do, you know, public and college for tuition free up to the up through bachelor's degree status. They'll say we can't do all these things because we don't have the money. And Bernie Sanders is very quick to point out there's a really, really sound way to make it happen that we have the money and that we put the onus back on Wall Street to help bail out the middle class instead of the other way around. The Robin Hood tax would impose a very small, a half a percentage point tax on all of these high-speed financial transactions that happen in in huge numbers on Wall Street that pay absolutely no taxes whatsoever. They get a pass. They don't pay anything on all those transactions. So by imposing imposing this very small tax on these transactions that happen in, in batches of millions every day in this country, we could raise hundreds of billions hundreds of billions of dollars that could go into things like Medicare for All for Life, single-payer coverage, uh, repairing our infrastructure, because I can promise all of you the lead poisoning situation with Flint water is only the tip of the iceberg Mm -hmm. with some of the terrible things that are coming down the line with this country's infrastructure. So having this Robin Hood tax is just a fabulous way that doesn't that doesn't impose yet another hardship on working class Americans, but actually takes it to the place where, you know, Wall Street nearly brought our country to its knees in in their reckless behavior and Bernie is so eloquent when he talks about this. But the reality is they've got to pay their fair share of taxes in this country. They've certainly gotten wealthy off of us. They've been bailed out by the American public. It's time for them to pay their fair share, and the Robin Hood tax is the very best way to do that. Well, Donna, for those people out there, because I hear this all the time from the non-Bernie supporters, oh, Bernie's pie in the sky, to pass the Robin Hood tax, would we not really have to have the the Democrats be have a majority in the House and the Senate? Because if, let's say, Bernie got elected and we didn't have that, would not the Republicans just, just uh, filibuster this and not let it get through? They could. I mean, that's possible. But one of the thing, other things that Bernie talks about uh, very consistently is that in order for any politician, whether it's Bernie or whether it's someone else who sits in the White House, they cannot be Donald Trump. I think we can all agree on that. Yes. But the reality is they must have a movement behind them calling for the kinds of change that we must have. Now, ideally, People in this country would also go to the polls and say we've got to we've got to even up the score here in Congress and make this Congress workable for a President Sanders so that we can get some of these things done. But absent having that happen in November of 2016, having a movement which is all of us keeping the pressure on and saying to the Congress, whatever makeup they may be politically, this is why we elected Bernie Sanders as our president. This is the the scenario we'd like to see for solving this country's problems, and that includes the Robin Hood tax. And unless they're wedded to Wall Street, which many of them are, but the last time I checked, every person in this country still had a vote, and they still need us. So if we can put pressure on in a movement sort of way to say, this is what we've demanded, this is what we want, we can still make this happen. Well, and I believe there is a similar Robin Hood tax bill, H.R. 1464, that is being introduced by Representative Keith Ellison, and it's pending in the House of Representatives currently. Is that correct? That is correct. Absolutely. Keith Ellison is absolutely a champion of, of the Robin Hood tax on the House side, so we're very happy that he's carrying the water on that bill on that side. He's very well respected of really uh, one of the one of the few 
rising stars that you don't often hear blowing their own horn in the Democratic side of the House. You know, he's, he's he quietly just works hard and puts forward the kinds of plans and things like the Robin Hood tax that we'd really all like to have. And Keith Ellison uh, hails from Minnesota, where we know we have a wonderful, the Minnesota Nurses Association is really a wonderful and, and really works hard with uh, Representative Ellison to make sure that the things that working class people need to see are actually happening in Congress. But it's it's a tough road, as we all know, when there's so much gridlock. And the gridlock can only be broken by all of us. That's so very true, Donna. Well, as usual, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. How's your health? How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good, which is wonderful. Excellent. I You know, I made it through with only one campaign cold so far. You know, everybody good. sits on buses and in airports yes. and so forth, and people are sneezing and coughing, and you're thinking, oh, my word, it's only one cold so far. But thank you for asking. I'm well. Excellent. Thank you so much. That does it for this week's Healthcare in America with Donna Smith. Donna is a longtime healthcare activist and serves as the executive director of Progressive Democrats of America. Thank you, Donna. You're listening to Nurse Talk on Progressive Voices and all of our great broadcast partners. To listen to this podcast, visit nursetalksite.com. Back with Don't Wait, Tell Me Now, our Nurse Talk signature quiz. Ooh, it's so damn cold in here. Uh, yeah, the producer's having hot flashes. I'm not the one with the buttons, for Christ's sakes. Hey, Casey, what time is it? Time to stay out of trouble. We We are are nurses. nurses. We We cannot cannot prescribe, prescribe, diagnose, or treat, but but we can can give good advice. Does that include fashion advice? Nah, stick to what you're good at. You should talk. Okay, it's time to play. Don't wait. Just tell me now our Nurse Talk Weekly Quiz. It's multiple choice, and we practically spoon-feed you the answers, so here we go. Who do we have on the line today? Maxine. Hi, Maxine. Maxine, How you doing? You sound spunky, Maxine. (laughs) I am so spunky, it's Saturday. (laughs) That's right. It is. Okay. Okay. Question number one, Maxine. Earlier in the show, we talked about a tax that would generate $300 billion a year. What is the tax called? Number one, the U.S. Build America tax. Number two, the middle class regeneration tax. Number three, make America great tax. Mm. And number four, the Robin Hood tax. Number two. The middle class regeneration tax, that would be wrong. It was oh, it's man. called the Robin Hood hint. tax. Give me a hint. <laughs> it's the Robin Hood tax. It's a small tax of 0.5% on Wall Street transactions that would generate hundreds of billions of dollars each year in the US alone. The revenue raised would be enough to protect American schools, housing, governments, hospitals, life-saving AIDS treatment plus make college free. It would help everything. I love that. All right. You know, I got confused because there's an organization called the Robin Hood Fund. Ah, I see. All right. Okay, I got one wrong. You got got two more shots. Question two. So one of these women spent many hours in the wards and on night rounds giving personal care to the wounded and establishing her image as the lady with the lamp. Her efforts to formalize nursing education led to establish the first scientifically-based nursing school. This was, number one, Sister Mary Edwina Darcy, number two, Mother Teresa, number three, Clara Barton, or number four, Florence Nightingale. Claire Barton. Oh, Maxine, I thought you would get that one. Man, did I get that wrong? You did. It's Florence Nightingale. Oh, good old Florence. 
Florence. Florence. She established the Nightingale School of Nursing at St. Thomas Hospital in London in 1860. She was also instrumental in setting up training for midwives and nurses in workhouse infirmaries. She was the first woman awarded the Order of Merit in 1907. I thought she went on a horse naked throughout the town. <laughs> oh, Maxine. Her? No, girlfriend, you are in the wrong century and the wrong category. <laughs> oh, man. All right, one more chance. All right, question number three. Last year, a famous person said, I don't think we need another Bush or Clinton in the White House. Who was that person? Number one, Matt Damon. Number two, Vladimir Putin. Number three, Barbara Bush, or number four, Barbara Streisand? Oh, it was Barbara Bush, because she didn't think her little boy could do it. Woohoo! That's right. Number three, Barbara Bush, the wife of the 41st president of the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush, the mother of George W. Bush, and just Jeb. So one for three. One for three. Thanks Thanks for playing, Maxine. for letting me play. All righty. That's it for this week's Don't Wait, Tell Me Now. Thanks for playing. Thanks for listening to Nurse Talk. Make sure to visit our website at nursetalksite.com or follow us on Twitter at hashtag Nurse Talk. Thanks to our executive producer, Patty Lockard, sound design, June Miller, and all of our wonderful listeners. And to National Nurses United and all of the thousands of nurses on duty today. Remember, to laugh, you got to listen. To listen, you got to tune in. We love you out there. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Nurse Talk, where laughter is the best medicine. Brought to you by National Nurses United. Check us out on Facebook or go to our website at nursetalksite.com. For more information about National Nurses United and the California Nurses Association, visit nationalnursesunited.org. Until next week, remember, laughter is the best medicine.